A dozen Ontario cannabis retailers are now being penalized for failing to open their stores on time. The Alcohol and Gaming Commission, which, as you recall, held a lottery to determine who could apply for store licenses, had previously announced that a system of escalating penalties for the province's 25 pot shops would be put in place if they weren't able to start serving customers by April the 1st. Now, stores that miss a deadline, they actually have been penalized uh, around $12,500, and they could risk losing their entire uh, down payment of uh, $50,000 if they're not up and running by the end of the month. And joining us now with more on this is Trina Fraser. She's a cannabis lawyer and a partner at Brazo Seller Law, and she joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Trina, good afternoon, and uh, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Is it a shock? Should it be a shock that uh, less than half, I think it was only uh, 12 of the, uh, or sorry, 10 of the province's uh, 25 uh, pot shops actually opened on uh, April the 1st? Uh, what happened here? It, it's not a shock at all. In fact, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that that many did get open by April 1st. It was, okay. a, it was a pretty tight timeline and, and really, you know, everybody had to really hustle and everything had to go just right for to meet that opening date. All right, so was the government just asking too much of these uh, people that uh, applied uh, that, that wanted to open up pot shops? I, I, I mean, it, it, was, it was too aggressive of a timeline, that's for sure, but for whatever reason, they're really fixed on that April 1st date, and they have been since they announced, um, you know, a private retail model for Ontario. So they're definitely sticking to their guns in that respect, and you know, everybody knew that this fifty thousand dollar letter of credit was a requirement of of applying, and 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 they had made their intentions clear about um, when and how and if they would draw down on that letter of credit. So it's not a surprise that they're doing so. It was it was certainly within the discretion of the AGCO to not draw down, and, and you know, some of my clients were definitely hoping that they would exercise or not exercise that discretion and 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 choose to just give them a break because they've you know they've been doing their best, but. Um, you know, the AGCO has been taking a very narrow interpretation about what it deems to be extraneous circumstances that would relieve someone of that timeline so as not to draw down on the letter of credit. Okay. What are some of the circumstances that have stopped some of these retailers from opening on time? As I mentioned, uh, 10 of them were, were ready and able. They were ready and open for business for last week's uh, launch date. But uh, why are, uh, you know, 12, 14 other or 15 other retailers, uh, why are their circumstances so much different? Well, I mean, ironically, one of the main reasons is just the time it takes to get the approval from the AGCO. Um, but that is in part driven by how the business is structured. So if you are um, partnering with a number of third parties for financing and, you know, uh, premises and, and, and branding and assistance to open your store, those third parties can, in certain circumstances, be deemed to be interested parties, which also have to go through a due diligence process with the AGCO and that can take time. It kind of has a ripple effect, and, and it just extends the licensing period. So, you know, the AGCO's position is, if you chose to enter into those types of relationships, you should have budgeted that into your timeline, and if you didn't make the April 1st date, um, that's something that we deem that was within your control, and so we're going to go ahead and take the $12,500. All right, I'm also wondering about the uh, process here, this uh, lottery system, because uh, there was quite a lot of contention about that when it was announced, and is this the right way to go about it? Is it the right thing uh, to do? Uh, is this proving perhaps maybe the lottery system wasn't the, the best solution when awarding some of these licenses, considering that less than half were able to meet the deadline? 
Well, I don't think the, the concept of a lottery was, was the problem. I think the problem in my mind was the criteria for entry into the lottery. Um, really, all you had to do was pay 75 bucks. Uh, I would have preferred to see us take a little more time, which granted would have meant we probably would have missed that April 1st date, but for the sake of a month or two, if they would have taken some time to pre-qualify people, um, then this these situations that they're complaining of or concerned about, about these lottery winners partnering with third parties and, you know, questions about who's really in control of this business at this point really wouldn't have been an issue. Um, that being said, they did what they did. It, it, it was run the way it was run and the 25 that did win, um, you know, one was disqualified and person on the wait list moved up, but those 25 are now, you know, they're making, they're doing their best. They're making a go of it. And they're, you know, gathering, mustering the resources that they need to be able to open and run these stores. And in some cases, that's just proving to take time. It could be construction delays. I mean, hiring people, securing supply of inventory, um, getting your financing lined up. I mean, all of these things, there's so many balls in the air at once. Um, it, it was, it was a really challenging deadline to make. So I think many will open in April before the end of the month, but, um, just weren't quite able to make that April 1st date. All right. So you don't have a problem theoretically with the lottery system. It was just the threshold or the bar that if you could produce a line of credit, a letter of credit for $50,000, you were basically in, you you were eligible if you wanted to put your name forward. So the, the bar, the standard, uh, particularly considering, how tight the timeline was, the deadline was, uh, should have been uh, perhaps a little higher? Well, I mean, it, it could have, should have, would have, right? I mean, these people at, that won, I mean, uh, congratulations to you. You were perfectly entitled to enter. I mean, they have, you know, it's a tough road for them to climb now if you have no cannabis experience or no retail experience whatsoever, but um, you were certainly entitled to do what you did. I think it could have been structured differently in a way that would have kind of opened up at least the first 25 stores to the more established retailers who were truly ready to go, who many of which had already secured premises, had, you know, branding, store concepts, designs, everything ready to go, staff hired. Um, but, you know, they, you know, they entered the lottery and just didn't win. So, so that's kind of, you know, so we were in this kind of strange situation where, the people who did win, for the most part, you know, weren't prepared to open on time. Right. Uh, do you anticipate that we won't see all 25 stores open by the end of the month? Could there be some people that uh, forfeit their entire letter of credit, the $50,000? And uh, uh, is there perhaps some pitfalls, uh, some problems in the, the road ahead if uh, we've got people that... Uh, you know, maybe the bar wasn't high enough to enter and that the deadline was uh, too tight and that there's been a rush and now we've got uh, vendors who maybe don't have retail experience or experience in the cannabis industry. Well, for the most part, these winners have partnered up with third parties who do have that experience. So I think they'll be okay. I think, you know, where there's a lack of of experience that, you know, they've recognized that and they've you know reached out and established relationships to help them overcome that shortfall. Uh, I think most will open from what I'm hearing by the end of the month. There might be, you know, a couple that won't just due to unforeseen delays and they will lose the entire 50000 But, you know, uh, from very early on, I was advising clients just just assume that that $50,000 is a part of the licensing fee. Just assume it's 60000 instead of 10000 because, you know, to some extent that may be out of your control. You do your best. But, you know, the fact is that if the AGCO had said it's going to cost you Sixty thousand dollars instead of ten thousand in licensing fees to open this store. 
they all would have proceeded anyway. That wouldn't have deterred anyone. So at the end of the day, it's it's not fatal. Um, you know, $50,000 is how much one of the stores in Ottawa made in revenues in the first day of operation. So in the larger scheme of things, we're not talking about a massive amount of money. Um, and, and, you know, even if they knew they had to pay it, they would have proceeded in any case. All right. We will leave it there. Trina, really appreciate the time. And thanks so much uh, for the perspective and expertise. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk soon. There's a Trina Fraser, cannabis lawyer and partner at Brazo Seller Law.